Welcome to Rewiring Health. This podcast is for those of you who have an eating disorder, chronic pain, or both. In this channel, we'll dive deep into inspirational stories of those who have healed from both and also get into the mind-body connection and how we can heal the mind through the body and also heal the body through the mind. Come and join me on this journey. Relationships can be some of the most rewarding things in life, but they can also be some of the most damaging things in life. And if you've ever been in a relationship that's toxic or with a narcissist, you know exactly what I'm talking about. In this episode, I got to sit down with Heather Baker. She is a certified self-love and healing coach who helps women heal from past traumas and step into their most fierce selves. After 10 years in an abusive marriage with a narcissist, she divorced him only to discover the trauma that was left behind. Anxiety, codependency, a lack of self-love, self-worth, and self-confidence left her accepting love she didn't deserve, along with an entire host of trauma responses that had to be unlearned. This started her journey of healing and rediscovering herself. She graduated with a degree in legal studies in 2012 and followed that with a career as a paralegal for 10 years. In 2022, she left it all behind to pursue her coaching business and podcast. She is currently writing her first book, Tattoos on the Heart, all about her journey healing, journey of healing through love and the lessons she learned that changed her life. She resides in Dover, Delaware with her 15-year-old daughter, her boyfriend, and her fur babies. Welcome to another episode of Rewiring Health. I'm very excited to be joined by Heather Baker. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. Too. And I can't wait to get into this conversation because just learning about your background, I think you're going to benefit a lot of people with your story and what you've gone through. So do you mind sharing what brought you to where you are today and what has led you to this place along your journey? Yeah, absolutely. So my journey kind of started, this was back in 2008. I met my now ex-husband um, and you know, just a little spoiler alert. He was a narcissist and very abusive. Mm -hmm. So I had actually just had a child when I was 19. I found out I was pregnant. I was going to college. It was like a huge shock. I wasn't with my daughter's father anymore. So, you know, being that young, I was like, just kind of freaking out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people in my family have this strong belief that, you need to have a man there to support you. You know, if you don't have a man, you know, what are you doing with your life and that kind of thing. So I was really in this bad place of like, nobody's going to want me. I'm a single mom. I'm a teenage mom. Like, how am I ever going to find love? How am I ever going to find somebody that wants to deal with me and somebody else's kid? And I just wanted to be swept off my feet. Mm-hmm. And that's what my ex-husband did. Um, you know, he just kind of swept right in and gave me everything that, you know, I thought I was looking for. And, um, you know, he was like a knight in shining armor that came in, which, you know, that's what narcissists do. You know, they, they shower you with love in the beginning. And that's exactly what he did. Like he was amazing. And within two months of being together, he proposed and being young and dumb and in love. I was like, yes, you know, I was like, this is amazing. I found my man. He's going to take care of me. My life's perfect now. You know, I was totally delusional, like didn't understand love, didn't understand what I was getting myself into. I was so naive and he just, he was older than me. He was four years older than me. So he just kind of 
you know, took advantage of that. And, um, we did have a long engagement. We were engaged for two years and, you know, during that time, there were so many red flags that I should have paid attention to, you know, we were fighting like cats and dogs and it wasn't like, you know, I, I really believe healthy relationships have arguments, you know, it's going to happen. You know, you're two different people with unique personalities, unique visions on, on you know, uh, uh, perspectives on life. It's bound to happen, mm-hmm. but calling each other disrespectful names, you know, when it becomes physical, those kinds of things, that's, that's the, the red flags. Mm -hmm. And again, I was young, dumb and in love. And I thought that that's what love was. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my, my parents have, they've been married for over 30 years at this point, but during my teenage years, just like most people, they went through a really rough patch and they fought a lot. And those were those those years were really impressionable on me. So when I was in this marriage, I was like, you know, this is what married couples do. They fight. It's okay. And I just went with it. And over time, you know, it just got worse and worse. He separated me from my friends and family, caused this wedge between me and my parents. Um, that was really, really tough. Cause again, you know, I was in my twenties. I was young. Like I had never lived on my own. I didn't know right. what, you know, I didn't know anything in the world. Um, and he, so we ended up getting married and he was in the military and he went to Afghanistan for about a year. And during that time, I went back to school. I met new friends. I was spending all this time with my daughter and I was like, oh my gosh, things are amazing. Like I was so happy. And, you know, of course I was married the whole time, but in my mind, I didn't really notice how much my happiness had changed and that it was directly related to him not really being around. Mm -hmm. And as soon as he got home, things got bad again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I fully acknowledge that he had PTSD when he got back. Um, But that's not fully an excuse for a lot of actions, um, especially when you're not willing to get help or talk to anybody about it, which he was not willing to do. He did not want to go to the VA. He did not want to get any help. You know, he swore there was nothing wrong with him. Um, so, you know, I could, I could talk for days and give you examples for days of stories of stuff that happened between us, but it was just really, really bad. I ended up staying with him. We were married for eight years. So we were together for a total of 10 years. And one day we just got into a really bad fight and I looked at him and I was like, I want a divorce. And he was like, okay, he was totally fine. He didn't say he didn't like try to argue about it nothing. No, you're just like, okay. I was like, wow. All right. Well, glad to see that, you know, this marriage mattered so much to you. So, you know, we went about our, our merry way. We split up. Um, and the thing that really, I think started to push me in that direction, um, is the movie eat, pray, love. I don't know if you ever have you seen that movie. It's such a good movie. Julia Roberts stars in it. Um, it's based on a book by Elizabeth Gilbert and it's, it's a story that she wrote about her life, a real life experience that she had. And she was in a marriage. She was extremely unhappy and she made the decision to leave. And she went on this year long journey, Mm -hmm. traveled to different places and kind of found herself. And when I saw that movie, it was a couple of months before we got divorced. I, that was the first time that I saw something and and I knew it was a real life story. I was like, 
this woman really did this. She changed her life. And that's when this light bulb went off. And I was like, I don't have to live this way. And, you know, as simple as it sounds, just from watching movie, it just resonated so deeply with me. And I just remember that moment as kind of this, this, this change in my life, because at that moment I picked up that book. I read that book two times through, I picked up her other books and started reading those. She introduced me to other authors. And I really went down this rabbit hole of self-help books and podcasts. And, you know, I started finding people on social media and YouTube channels and all these things and just started feeding myself all of this knowledge. And that's where I started learning about narcissistic relationships and gaslighting and all those different terms. And I was, I was like, you know what, this this is what I need to be doing with my life. Like for some reason, it just stuck with me and there was just so much passion there. And after going through, you know, a while of a journey, you know, it was probably about a year or two, I decided to get my life coach certification and um, the rest is history. I was, you know, I went through this deep, deep healing journey. I noticed all these things that I had been through and realized how deeply they affected me. And I know there are so many other women and men that have dealt with that. And I just wanted to help them the same way that other people were able to help me. So I became a life coach, started my podcast and yeah, that's, that's where I'm at today. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so true. You're best suited to serve the past version of yourself. So whatever yep, you've gone exactly. through, you understand it to a point where no one else could understand that unless you've been through something like that. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a crazy thing. Cause when you're going through it, you would never think it's a gift, but when you come out on the other side, you're like, what a gift that was, because now you have so much more strength and vulnerability yeah. and power to empower other people who are going through that and guide other people. So mm-hmm. it's, it's an amazing journey. Obviously no one wants to go through what you went through with that, but at least right. you're using that gift of what you went through to help others in that case. And, and when you talk about eat, pray, love, it's, it's when we read stories or hear stories that dives into our subconscious. So our subconscious mm-hmm. beliefs are exposed. So the things that you're, you can very much relate to somebody's story because you're like, Oh, you almost see yourself in that story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. During that time, were there any subconscious beliefs that you recognize now or limiting beliefs that you had back then that you feel like held you into the relationship? Oh, 100%. I mean, I, for one, I struggled with fear of abandonment, you know, fear, this deep fear of being alone. The, the entire time. And honestly, I didn't even truly move past that finally until last year. And I've now been divorced for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, after I got divorced, it was about six months later, I met someone else and I was in a relationship with him for about two years, got engaged because of this fear of abandonment, this fear of being alone. You know, I just, I couldn't stand the fact of being by myself. I didn't think I could do it. Um, so last year I spent the entire year single working on myself. Um, and that's what really got me over it. It's been that long of a journey, but there were a host of limiting beliefs and fears that were embedded along the way. Um, you know, like I, I've always been a people pleaser. I've, um, so that was a big struggle because, you know, I just always wanted to make everybody happy. So I would take on his emotions a lot to take responsibility for that. 
Um, you know, he made me feel guilty for a long time because I, there was times that I had tried to get out of the relationship before. And he was always like, you'll never survive without me. You'll never do any better than me. Those kinds of things. So that all being told that over and over again, you start to believe those stories and that becomes how you define your life and how you define how you see yourself and what you're capable of. Um, so it definitely held me there. Um, for much, much longer than I should have been. Yeah. It becomes much of very much a perfect storm, especially when you're a sensitive person, you're a people pleaser, you're, you know, have these limiting beliefs. And then, and you have, now you have the person that you're supposed to trust and feel safe with now confirming those at your detriment. It's, it's just a complete perfect storm going through yeah. that. How did yeah. you start to rewrite your own script and change some of those beliefs and start to believe that you were worthy of more? So it, I mean, it's a long process and it's a daily thing. Um, every, well, I won't say every single day because I would be lying, you know, life happens, but most days I have, I have an affirmation practice where I write my affirmations out. Um, you know, I journal, I meditate, I spend a lot of time in nature because I was able to recognize that that's really what like fills me up and makes me feel good. Um, so I think that, you know, and not to mention diving into all those podcasts, all those books, and just taking in all that information, really educating myself about what I had been through, um, and also realizing there were other people that had been through it as well. Um, so I just really like, I just dove into it and I just kind of started putting things into practice, trying to figure out what things worked for me because there's so much information out there. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you get stuff from all different kinds of people saying, oh, this is what you have to do. No, this is what you have to do. I mean, that's what works for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe they have a five-step process and there's one thing in there that really resonates with you. And then you pick one thing from somebody else and another thing from another person. So that's kind of what I did. And I just created my own kind of healing bubble, you know, and every day I would just spend time with myself doing something, whether it was going on a walk to be out in nature or just sitting down and journaling and really being with my emotions. Um, I just kind of practiced it all. Um, and over time it became easier Mm -hmm. and I learned what things I needed to do when I was having certain triggers, you know, what things worked best in certain situations. So it was all kind of a learning curve and just, again, just a mosh posh of trying different things. Yeah. And I think that's really it. I mean, I think it's important for people to hear that because it isn't like a one size fits all. It's not that Mm -hmm. you find these things and they work perfectly. It's about knowing yourself well enough to know what should stick and what should not. And I think it's so important to say that because there are, I mean, everyone's going to have a different experience, a different lens from what they're looking at. And they're going to respond to some of these things differently. And it's like Mm -hmm. just starting to know yourself and what's resonating with you and what's not, and then moving into it. But I think the commonality and the common thread with any kind of healing is diving full in, making sure that you know that your time is worthy of that and that you are worthy of that and and taking that time to invest in yourself. I think it's amazing that you made that transition to a point where you were able to do that and, and start work on self-healing. And I think it's amazing too, just the highlight too. It's not about perfectionism. You don't have to do it every single day, but if you're consistent, 
that's when it happens. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and sometimes, you know, I'll find myself for a week, I will be on such a high and I'll be like, just grooving, you know, like I'll be, um, you know, creating content for my page and like, I'll just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is gold. You know? And I'm like cranking stuff out. And those during those weeks, like I'm not writing as much in my, in my journal and then something will happen and I'll be like, Oh my gosh. I haven't written in my journal in a week, you know, like I feel all these emotions and wonder I'm feeling all this, like I got to get all this out, you know, and, and then, you know, for another month straight, maybe I'm writing in there every single day. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Um, you know, and one example that I use a lot because I am not a morning person. I never have been, and I never will be, and I don't try to be. (laughs) And there are so many people out there like, you got to get up at 5 a.m. and do your morning routine at 5 a.m. That's the time to do it. There is no way in hell that I'm going to get up at five. Like Mm -hmm. it just won't. And I've tried it so many times and I, I don't, my body just doesn't like it. I'm a night owl, but I try and then I fail. And then I'm like, see, I can't do it. And then I get down on myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I see a lot in my clients is that they've been trying something like, well, so-and-so said we should do it this way and they're not doing it or they're doing it that way, but it's not working for them. And I'm like, you got to do something else. You know, you know yourself better than them. If you're not a morning person, don't try to fake yourself and change who you are to do that. Do this stuff at night. That's when I, I'm, like I said, I'm a night owl. So most of this stuff I'm doing at 10, 11 o'clock at night. Sometimes if I have time available in the morning, you know, if I wake up, have a slow morning, I'll do it then. But I'm not, I'm not going to put pressure on myself or change who I am to do these things. You know, I got to fit it. You got to fit these things into your life um, and do what works for you. Cause if not, it's not going to work. It's just going to bring you down further. Exactly. If you're meeting so much resistance and just trying to implement the things that are supposed to help you, you're just going to clash and it's going to backfire. So it is so important to know yourself well enough and not feel the pressure of the outside world of like, do this, do this, do this, because it is, there's no shortage of information. I mean, you could find information all day long of what you're supposed to do, but at the end of the day, it has to resonate with, with you. It has to fit into your life. And it has to work in a way that you don't feel like you're overwhelming yourself in the process of healing yourself. So it's so important. And, and just knowing that, like, again, you're not a morning person, you know that. So, okay, that's fine. You know, this information, how can you work with it? And that's the beauty of it. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's really just knowing yourself and like, and that's okay. You know, because I think a lot of times people think they have to fit in this box, but it's okay to be uniquely you and allow those tools to fit into what is you. So a beautiful point to make there. Um, I know you had mentioned earlier, as far as like people pleasing, because this is something that uh, impacts so many people and and makes so many people vulnerable. And Mm. especially in a situation, I know when you're just starting to tell me about like meeting your ex-husband, it just, that was a word that kind of popped in my head was vulnerable. Like you were in a place where you were very vulnerable to someone that had a very like strong personality. So for people pleasers, how would you suggest someone who's always trying to help everyone outside themselves start to prioritize themselves over others? So the way that I did it was I prioritized my self-love and self-care over everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't care what was, you know, I mean, I won't say I didn't care because you got, you know, you have your normal responsibilities, 
But, you know, if somebody was trying to throw something at me last minute and it was during a time that I had previously scheduled for me time, it was a no. Okay. That was a priority. I didn't care. That was it. If that was during my scheduled time period. Now, during this time, I would do things like, um, and actually, let me back up for a second. Keeping that strong boundary in itself is a way to kind of work on your people pleasing, because sometimes it's hard to say no to people. You know, if you have this afternoon plan for yourself and your one of your girlfriends is like, Hey, it's beautiful outside. Let's go get tacos and margaritas. You know, you want to be like, yeah, let's go do it. But you know, if once you break that boundary, once you stop breaking, or once you start breaking those promises to yourself, it's, you know, you're getting back into that cycle. So really holding that boundary in and of itself is super important here because again, you're trying not to please everybody, right? You got to do stuff for yourself. You got to prioritize yourself. Absolutely. So during that time, I would do self-love dates, Mm -hmm. which were super helpful for me. So instead of going out with my girlfriend that afternoon for tacos and margaritas, I would just go out by myself, you know, and, or go to whatever restaurant I wanted to, or go for a walk, go do something by myself. That was only for me. And I didn't let anyone interrupt that time. Um, so that was huge, huge, huge for me. The other thing that I did was really stop. I I stopped making myself so available for everybody. I just, I told myself, you know what, for the next two weeks and that was it, you know, there's nothing wrong with two weeks saying no to people. I just practiced saying no, Mm -hmm. you know, people wanted me to do, you know, Hey, can you even at work? Hey, can you pick up this extra task? I'm sorry. I'm really busy. You know, I really have a lot on my plate right now. I can't do that. You Mm -hmm. know, practice saying no even to your kids, you know, if they're throwing that temper tantrum, they want that ice cream at the end of the night, practice saying, no, they don't need it every night. You know, they'll be okay. They'll live, you know, let them, you know, this is for you right now. We're focusing on, you You know, practice saying no, even in those smallest ways that you practice every little time, it builds that confidence back up in yourself. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, like I said, we all have those responsibilities. There's going to be times where you can't say no. And, you know, it's understandable. But when you have the opportunity, if you can do it, like I said, just for even two weeks, just say no to as many things as possible. You'd be amazed at how much your mind changes and how differently you look at things after those two weeks. Absolutely. It's like a muscle. If you don't train it, it's Mm going to become very weak. But the more you start lifting and doing it more and more, you're going to become stronger and more able to do it. So yeah, I think it's a a good recommendation. It's tangible. It's something you can start doing just these little things and start with the easy nose and then build up. And that's really, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, For uh, for someone as far as like, cause self-love, I feel like is kind of like that mysterious thing. Like, what does that mean? What does it feel like to love yourself? You know, like, how do I do that? It can feel yeah. very elusive, especially if you've been in a position where you maybe haven't loved yourself or have cared about others, especially as a people pleaser others for so long that you don't even know what it is to love yourself. So what would be a good starting point for someone listening to this is like, you know, they don't feel like they're in a good place. They would not say that, say that they love themselves. They want to, but they don't even know where to begin. Where would you recommend somebody starting to do that? 
So thank you for asking me this question. Mm -hmm. I love this. I love talking about self-love because it is so important. And I know how big of a difference it's made in my own life. Mm -hmm. Um, So one thing that I actually teach are the six non-negotiables of Mm self-love. So these are six things that I tell all my clients that they need to work through, not necessarily in any specific order, um, you know, and not necessarily everything at once either. You know, you can work on little things here and there, like we were just saying, um, you know, just working on just piece by piece is what's going to get you there. Um, so one of the first things that we really need to work on is our self-talk mm-hmm. because when we have that negative self-talk, that's like the number one thing that's going to hold you back from being able to love yourself because you're going to have that voice in your mind constantly telling you you're not good enough. You don't deserve those things. Um, you know, that person doesn't really love you or whatever the case may be. Um, that negative self-talk holds us back every single time. It creates limiting beliefs. It messes with our confidence and it destroys our self-love. So we practice completely stripping ourselves of the negative self-talk, which is really hard. It's really hard because it's a muscle. Like we said, you know, it's just, it's a reaction at this point. Um, so when you catch yourself doing it, you flip the script on it, whatever the negative thing was, you telling yourself, you say the opposite positive thing. doesn't matter if you believe it right then or not, that's what you're going to do. And that, that's what I, I tell, you know, if you're saying to yourself, I don't deserve this, Nope, we're not saying that today. I do deserve this. I deserve everything that I want. And again, don't believe it. Doesn't matter. Say it to yourself anyway, because it's about retraining your brain. Mm -hmm. So that's the first piece is really trying to work through that negative self-talk, because I think that that really, really holds people back. Um, You know, those negative thought spirals can get us down and keep us stuck. And it's just, you know, it gets really, really tough to get through. Mm -hmm. Um. Another big thing is to stop breaking promises to ourselves, which I think I did mention a little bit a minute ago. Um, But when you say you're going to go to the gym or you're going to go do that laundry later today, or yeah, I'll get those dishes done today and you don't do it, you're telling yourself that, you know, that's when, oh, I suck. See, I couldn't even do that thing. Or you start say, I'm never going to have the body I want because I didn't go to the gym today. And then you stay stuck even more because you're breaking confidence in yourself. You're breaking that belief in yourself. You don't believe that you can do things. You might start calling yourself lazy or whatever it is, more negative self-talk, all because you're breaking promises to yourself. So stop breaking promises. You say you're going to go to the gym, go to the gym. You say you're going to fold that laundry tonight, just fold it. You know, little things like that takes 15, 20 minutes, but it goes a long way as far as your mental health goes. Um, Another super important one when you're working through your self-love is to take care of your body. Because if your body's not feeling good, if you're not feeling healthy, if you're not feeling energized, it's really, really hard to get in that energy of love period, that frequency of love. Mm -hmm. Um, So take care of yourself, you know, eat right, drink your water, you know, eat those veggies, Mm -hmm. um, you know, try not to eat those sugars and all that processed food, Um, you know. We all, we all cheat here and there. That's fine. Don't be hard on yourself, but try to eat healthier. You know, you'll notice a big difference. You know, I, I totally notice when I don't drink water for a couple of days, like I normally do. And then I like 
drink a lot. I'm like a totally different person, you know? Um, so it, it makes a big difference and it really clears your mind and makes it a lot easier to think straight. So when you are having those negative thought spirals, it makes it easier to catch it, you know, and it's all connected. It's all, it's all totally connected. Um, the other one that I tell everybody when working through self-love, and I love this one so much is to look in the mirror and look at yourself in the eyes and say, I love you Mm -hmm. say the words out loud. And that is so weird. And so like, what am I doing? I don't believe this. This is like just crazy in the beginning. Um, and most of the time you're not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to be like, you're going to say, I love you. And then in the back of your mind, you're going to say, no, I don't, but you got to keep doing it. It's again, it's a practice. It's a repetition thing. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but by saying the words out loud, that makes it more real. And you're, when you start involving more senses into the things that you're doing, it starts to, you know, kind of work into your brain a little bit more to put it simply, mm-hmm. um, you know, it all works. It works in mysterious ways, but you know, if you're hearing it rather than just saying it to yourself, it makes a difference when you write it, you know, it's all kind of ingraining it and making it more and more powerful. So putting that word to it, putting that voice to it, looking yourself in the eyes, in the mirror and saying it to yourself is so freaking powerful. Mm -hmm. And again, it's going to be hard. It's going to be weird at first, but do it anyway, Mm -hmm. do it anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then with one that we, I kind of already touched on was, um, creating that routine, creating a daily routine. Um, because if you have that routine where you are purposeful in showing yourself love every day, that's going to help you in kind of building up that self-love. So whether it is affirmations or doing something you love, like going for a walk or just spending a little time painting or, you know, it could be anything, whatever you like to do, you know, filling your own cup up. Um, you know, it can be as little as five minutes or spend an hour on it if you have the available time, but creating that routine and that intention of really showing yourself love and doing whatever it is that you need, um, is, is huge when it, it comes to building your self-love. Yeah. Huge. I mean, there's all golden tips right there because I mean, <laughs> it's so many things that you can do, but they're all tangible. It's all things you can do on a daily basis. And it, it is having that realistic expectation. Like you may not feel like it's authentic or real initially, but the more you do this, the more you're going to start feeling like mm-hmm. you are worthy of everything wonderful in life and, and that you are uniquely special and worthy of love. So thank you for yeah. sharing those, because I, I think those are all just great tips and something that someone can take today for someone who's listening, that's struggling with self-love and just start implementing at least one of those and see how you mm-hmm. feel. And then yeah. that open up the door for allowing you to be like, okay, one, okay, that did kind of work. Let me try another one. And it really can be such a catalyst for, for change, starting out small and opening up the door to what's possible for yourself. So yeah. thank you for sharing those. Of course. Yeah. I really honestly think that's really the only way to do it because when you try to do too much at once, Mm-hmm. and try to change everything you can at one time, you know, you start trying to incorporate, you know, these new habits, you know, affirmations or going on self-love dates. And then you're trying to go to the gym and then you're trying to make sure you, you know, start new 
cleaning routine or something at home, when you start putting all this pressure on yourself, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not, you know, you got to do it little by little and gradually because you will feel the pressure. You're not going to be able to do it again. You're going to get into that negative thoughts power because you'll be like, see, I can't do it. I can't do it. You're going to give up. You're going to throw in the towel and then you're going to be right back to where you started. Mm-hmm. But if you can be patient in the process and do a little bit here, you know, give yourself a week, try something new just for a week, see how you feel, you know, try something else that that's really honestly the key to change. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and change is tough because we're so ingrained and in going through the motions mm-hmm. of what we know, because it's familiar. So our brains resist anything that we don't know, even if it doesn't serve us. So, so give yourself some grace in the process and knowing that like exactly. it, it's going to be a process, but it's worth it to get you yeah. to where you want to be and how you want to live. So 100%. I think wonderful tips and, and great things that anyone who's listening, and it's like, we all can use self-love, even if you've done a lot of work, it's not like you get to a point where you're like, Oh, I love myself. I'm done now. Like it's yeah. never that like, <laughs> we're going to be working on self-love for the rest of our lives to yeah. continue to evolve. And it's so important to take those things, do them daily, or, or at least be consistent with it. And, and really allow ourselves to live a life and have a better clarity of who we are because we're all uniquely us and we have to embrace that. So, so thank you. And for anyone who wanted to work with you and dive into this further, how can someone find you? Yeah. So I am mostly on Instagram and TikTok. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm the Heather underscore Nicole, um, both those places all the time I'm hanging out. So Mm -hmm. come see me. Um, I have a website, heathernicolecoaching.com. Um, and I'll send you the link as well. I have a free ebook that is called rewrite your narrative. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's about taking these old stories that we create about ourselves through trauma, through childhood experiences, um, that kind of create the person we are today and rewriting those so that we can redefine ourselves and redefine our lives and really move forward through this. So I'll give you that link for your listeners so they can check that out. Yeah. And I'll put everything in the show notes for anyone who's listening and you want to check all those links out and and, uh, connect with Heather. And thank you so much again for sharing your story, sharing your journey and sharing your wisdom that you've gained throughout that. So I appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Thanks again. And for anyone who's listening again, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend so that someone else can also benefit and cultivate self-love for themselves. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for spending your precious time to listen to this episode of Rewiring Health. My mission is to inspire hope and healing through science-backed practices. If you found value in this, please share with three people and leave a review. By doing so, this message can be spread to those who need to hear it most. Also, to get updates on the most recent episodes, please subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for being part of this community and I am forever grateful for you.